Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. I just got up and I'm already exhausted. I I mean, do you ever feel like that? You're just like first thing in the morning and you look in the mirror and you're like, I mean, I, I went to bed, I slept, and yet I'm up this morning and I'm already exhausted. If you if you've ever felt that way, it's okay. We're we're in it together. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. It's it's Monday morning, the twentieth of November. It's a holiday week which means that you have to cram all the work you were um, required to do in like two and a half days. And don't be counting on like getting any real work done Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, just that's just foolishness. We got to get all the work we're going to get in uh, pretty much in two and a half days. So we're going to have to hit the ground running. It's If you're like me, you woke up exhausted because the the prospect of what lies ahead this week, although great, is also... <sighs> It's just like fatiguing in advance. So if you are among the tens of millions of people who are going to be traveling this week, you know, there's that extra layer of getting everything ready at home so that you can be gone. And there is the, uh, you know, the, well, you know, today in the headlines, oh, expect major weather traffic delays. Um, there are, you know, it's just a lot. There's a lot going on out there, right? Thanksgiving travel, uh, particularly well, let's see. Let's just look. From the southeastern United States to the Rockies. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's a lot of the country. So there you go. Uh, several areas are expecting a lot of rain. New York, Washington, Chicago, Atlanta, all could see delays. Um, and, you know, obviously the fr- frustrations related to that. And so you say, all right, well, I'm not going to fly. I'm going to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, just go ahead and prepare in advance that not everybody is going to drive as well as you. Um, and so there will be mishaps. There will be delays. And so let's prepare in advance to be the people who are not anxious. We don't get angry. Um, we pray for the people whose days are going worse than ours um, because not everybody will be, yeah, yeah, not everybody will be prepared for the holidays to be not quite holy. So today's Growing Your Faith verse of the day, one of my... <sighs> If you woke up exhausted, one of the greatest gifts of God in all of Scripture are these words from Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all of you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Take a deep breath and just welcome these words of Jesus into your life today. Jesus says to you, my dear sweet one, come to me. 
Stop all that harried running around. Come to me. That giant list of things, it can wait. Come to me. All of you. Those who are excited and those who are exhausted. Those who have plenty and those who are in want. Those who can see it all and those who feel like they are lost in the darkness. Come to me. All of you. Every age and stage, every circumstance of life, all of you. Come to me. Weary? Come to me. Weighed down? Come to me. Can't imagine that life could ever get any better? Come to me. Can't imagine that life could get any worse? Come to me. I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. From wherever you are, in whatever circumstance you find yourself in, receive this greatest of invitations ever issued where the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, the Good Shepherd, the one who laid down his life that you might have a life worth living and a life everlasting, he is the one who says to you, come to me. He's got a gift for you, and it is the gift of rest, the gift of perfect peace, a peace which passes all understanding. What Jesus promises is a rest for our souls. Doesn't that arrest you? Mm Mm-hmm. It arrests me. This thought arrests me, and it gives me rest. That Jesus offers rest for my soul. So however you woke up this morning, exhausted, exhilarated, excited, anticipating, overwhelmed, curious, hungry, desperate, satisfied, Jesus says to you, come to me in whatever circumstance, with whatever burdens, with whatever weighs you down. And let me give you rest. Rest for your soul. I don't have anything better to offer you today. I got, I got nothing better than that. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry burdens that weigh you down, and I will give you rest. So that's where we're going to spend our time today. We're going to spend our time with Jesus. And we're going to get some rest for our souls. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, hey, uh, Advent is only eight days away. So I don't know about you, but I, I prepare in advance for Advent. I, I get myself ready to get ready. I don't know. Is that, is that normal? I don't know. I get ready to get ready. And so in the getting ready to get ready, I have been rereading passages related to Uh, the promised coming of Jesus. It also always leads me into reading passages about the promised second coming of Jesus, but that that maybe we'll hold off for a different day because I want to share with you a little bit about um, considering this encounter with the shepherds and the angels in Luke chapter 2. So I offer you this this morning because 
I was really struck by this notion of keeping watch. And I think we tend to gloss over, I tend to gloss over, I will own it here. I tend to gloss over Luke chapter 2, verse 8, because I just take it as like, okay, well, this is the setup. This is the context. This is, you know, the setting of the scene. This isn't the scene itself, right? This is the scene. This is the set. So verse 8 of chapter 2 of the Gospel of Luke says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So that's the setup, right? That's the scene. That's what's happening on the stage. And then the action begins, right? And then I paused, not just to consider the shepherds living out in the fields and the circumstance of shepherds, the reality of shepherds, um, who, who they are, what they are doing, this work they are engaged in, these sheep they are raising, and for what purpose. These are the sheep that are going to be sifted and sorted, and some of them are going to be sacrificed as these perfect lambs. That's, that is who these shepherds are outside of Bethlehem. And what are they doing? Keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the Lord just gave me pause over the words, keeping watch. Keeping watch. So who or what are you keeping watch over in your life? Who has God placed in your watch care? Or what has God placed under your watch care as his um, agent of grace and minister of reconciliation and shepherd and steward? So when we consider the shepherds and they're keeping watch over these sheep, we also just in the next second and in the next like breath, we realize that there are these angels who are keeping watch over them. So as the shepherds are watching the sheep, the angels are watching the shepherds. And it was just this momentary, really positive, wonderful reminder, um, particularly from Psalm 91, but from other places as well, that angels are watching over us. I mean, that's not just a song. It's like a theological reality. Um, In Psalm 91, God says he will command his angels, well, David is saying of, of God, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up, uh, they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, we recognize that because that is one of the tests that Satan uses with Jesus in the wilderness. You know, you can, you can jump off of the top of this, uh, of this high precipice because, you know, won't the angels catch you on your way down and keep your foot from striking a stone? I mean, you know, won't God be doing that for you with his angels? And Jesus recognizes Satan's perversion of the text. And so we want to be people who don't just proof text, don't just, you know, say, hey, where in the Bible does it talk about angels taking care of me? And then say, oh, I can do anything. The angels are going to lift me up in their hands. They, you know, they're not going to let my foot hit a stone. And then, you know, and then bad things happen to us and we wonder where the angels were taking care of us. So let us not be the people who make the mistake of drawing a verse of scripture out of context and misunderstanding it because we misapply it. So what we learn here from Psalm 91 and other places in scripture as well, Matthew 18, Hebrews 1, 
there are angels and they are powerful spiritual beings. And one of their jobs, because, you know, angels are messengers, angels are, are warriors of God, angels are ministering spirits, and angels provide watch care. Um, we have what in sort of our common parlance are guardian angels. God's angels are watching over you right now in the same way that they were watching the shepherds. And then some of them uh, started singing. Well, they started singing because one angel had been sent with a particular message. So let's uh, let's read this from Luke chapter 2 and hone in on, on a couple of things. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord, so that's one angel, one angel, an angel of the Lord, appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Well, no doubt, because, you know, angels are huge and fierce and warrior-like, and yeah. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. By the way, that's pretty much what angels always say when they start talking. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host who, you know, they'd been there all along, right? But they weren't visible. So just think about that. If you think there's a lot of stars in the sky, there's more angels up there than there are stars. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, so this is all the angels, the great company of this heavenly host that have been, you know, up there watching the whole time. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Then the angels uh, left them and had gone into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So as we approach the season of Advent, as we begin to hear the secular claim that Santa Claus uh, sees us when we're sleeping and knows when when we're awake, when we consider the technology of our age and You read today about the reality of growing surveillance via AI. Um, Let us not forget the reality of God's watch care. Let us not forget forget the reality, the reality that angels have been tasked to watch over us. God has tasked human beings to keep watch care as well. Um, There are particular people with particular assignments of watch care the shepherds of the flocks of God. We're talking there about pastors and elders and churches. I think we tend to highlight stories and instructions about watching out for danger and watching for Jesus. But the call to provide watch care, to watch over, that is a frequent call of God to his people. And so today, today, I want us to be living in the absolute assurance that Jesus is watching with watch care. Jesus is the good shepherd, and as such, he is the primary and principal overseer, providing watch care. From his current vantage point, remember, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm right now. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, but right now, he's seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm. 
And from there, from that vantage point, Jesus sees it all. He hears it all. He knows it all. He is right now watching over you. Right now. You can have the absolute assurance right now that Jesus, who is infinitely more powerful than anything or anyone else, he is watching over you right now. And even though he's watching from heaven, he is not far away, closer to you than your next breath. By the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with you right now. Now, does that mean he's going to evacuate you from every negative consequence of your own sin or the sins of others? No, it does not. It does not mean um, that he will whisk you away so that you can escape any and every harm that might befall you. It does mean that he is with you always to the end of the age. It does mean that he will never leave you or forsake you. It does mean that even though you might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, in the valley of the shadow of depression or loneliness, fatigue, abandonment, pain, despair, Jesus is right there with you. And so let me ask today, do you sense him? Do you feel his presence? Are you quietly confident of the presence of Jesus providing the peace which passes all understanding and the certainty of hope that enables us to endure all things? Do you have his rest? And are you resting in him even as you are rushing around in the midst of all the demands of the day? I hope so. That's my encouragement this morning. Hey, let's take a brief break, and then um, let's check in on a couple of headlines, bring the mind of Christ to bear. That's what we do here on Mornings with Carmen, because I got a little bit to say to you about the AI presentation of a TikTok Jesus. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I'm Angela Smith, host of Reading the Bible Together, and I wanted to let you know that all of the studies that we've done are still available. Maybe you're looking for another Bible study for either you or for a group. We have free studies available over at MyFaithRadio.com. We have a study on Daniel, the first six chapters. We have a study on the Gospel of Luke, on Acts, 1 Peter, 2 Timothy. You can find out all the information. You can get the free study guides over at MyFaithRadio.com. And don't forget about Reading the Bible Together podcast. You can also check out the accompanying podcasts that go with each of those episodes. So if you're looking for a new Bible study, you can check out our Reading the Bible Together resource page. You can find that at MyFaithRadio.com. Okay, I know you're not on TikTok because, you know, you're not naughty. But there's something going on on TikTok that you do need to be aware of because there are a lot of people on TikTok. Hundreds of millions of them, in fact. So, um... TikTok, as you either know or don't know, is a um, is a social media platform, and anyone can open an account on TikTok, and then they can post anything, and you can present yourself as anyone. And so there is now a TikTok account called Daily Believer or at Believer Daily, and there have been some seventy videos posted of a computer generated. So this is an AI. Jesus. And it's just a headshot, and he's looking directly at the viewer. He, I say he. It's an AI generated. It's not a person. It's an AI generated version interpretation of Jesus, who, by the way, 
does not appear terribly Middle Eastern because he has blue eyes. He's looking directly at the viewer and he demands that they stop scrolling um, and watch, you know, his TikTok, his minute worth of content. And um, I would say that, you know, this is... uh, this is AI taking all of those images from um, from all the ways in which Jesus has been presented through art over time and, you know, and saying, hey, this looks a lot like uh, the Jesus that I see in a lot of these paintings um, in my historical record. And so that's what's going on here, right? That is the, That is how AI would generate a, quote, picture of Jesus. And the picture is bothersome to some, but the content is bothersome to me. This computer-generated Jesus um, wants you to welcome him into your home. Um, And in fact, a video on TikTok called Welcome Jesus Into Your Home is among this particular TikToker's most popular of videos. It's got more than 22 million um, views. It's a lot of folks watching a TikTok. Um, And you are uh, invited, encouraged to share the video with your friends and comment that, you know, I believe. Now, I believe in Jesus, but these are not videos that I would pass along to others. Why? Well, because they're basically designed like a chain letter. Do you remember those old chain letters where, you know, bad things are going to happen to you if you don't pass this along and good things will happen to you if you do pass this along? This um, TikToker who has developed this Jesus character and put words in Jesus's mouth that Jesus did not say, and certainly a spirit promoting a spirit that is not Jesus-y. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that. So um, on TikTok, a creator of an account can be compensated um, two cents to four cents for every, let's say, thousand views. And so the welcome Jesus into your home through that one video TikTok alone, the creator of this account, um, you know, has made a thousand bucks. Possibility of additional money, um, uh, you know, as it's repurposed on other sites and as people are driven to it. So I'm not suggesting that you go and you support this because there is a person making money behind all of this. Um, Turning likes into shares into cash, that is the monetizing model for TikTok. And so I just think you need to be aware of that. So um, the content is what I would describe as health and wealth gospel, prosperity gospel content. If you do this, if you say these things, if you pass this along to others, good things will happen to you. Um, and, and then there is definitely a threat of bad things happening to you if you don't. Um, and so I think you need to be aware of it. I think you need to know that it's out there. I'm absolutely not suggesting nor recommending that anybody be on TikTok, nor that if you are on TikTok, you click on this particular account. But millions of people are. And so I wanted you to be aware of that. In the category of being aware of what other people believe and what's going on out there in the big wide world, there is a ritual celebrating the rising and the setting of the sun. Um, and it is something that, uh, people who identify with the Hindu faith are engaged in, um, 
all around the world. So there's this ancient ritual um, where Hindus will wade into the water toward the rising or the setting sun. And so starting at sundown on Friday, November the 17th, um, Hindus around the world were wading into the water at sunrise and or sunset. They they believe it's an act of reverence um, toward nature, and they believe God is manifest in nature. And so you may have seen someone doing this. You may have wondered, why is that person wandering into that lake as the sun is setting? Or why is that person um, uh, you know, wandering into the edge of the water at the sunrise? Well, it's quite possible that that person is a practitioner of Hinduism. And so when you say, well, I don't know anybody, you know, in or around me that is uh, practicing a faith other than Christianity, this might be an indicator uh, of, of a way that you, could, uh, that you could engage with them. And you could just say, hey, what, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? Um, and how do you perceive, how do you perceive God? What, what is it about this that is drawing you in this direction? Um, is it possible that uh, that God is like real and substantive and even personal? Because the thing about Hinduism and other uh, and other religions like it is that you know God is ultimately so diffused in everything as to be nothing, um, and so we know that God is a person, that God has substance and uh, is worthy of our praise and adoration and his own glory, um, and, a, and an honest pursuit. And so uh, God's the one that made the sun and made the sun to rise and the sun to set, but God is not the sunrise or the sunset. Let us not be confused by these things. All right, um, Mark Hall is, uh, uh, is, is going to join us next, and we're going to have a robust conversation um, with him. Let me just consider, encourage you, though, to not, not be quick to depart from the conversation about watch care and Jesus watching over you right now and inviting you to come to him. Are you weary? Are you heavy laden? Come to Jesus. He really do, does want to give you rest for your soul. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. It's going to be really fun. I can already tell you in advance. Mark Hall is joining us. He's the lead singer of Casting Crowns. I feel like I don't really need to say anything more than that, Mark. Uh, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Carmen. How are you doing? Well, I'm well. Everybody has a favorite Casting Crowns song, like, right? Everybody's uh-huh. got one that, like, sings in their mind. As soon as I say, hey, we're talking to Casting Crowns, there's, like, you know, those people that are like, oh, Glorious Day is going through their mind, or East to West, or Courageous, or, or Life like, Song. I can only imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's not you, right? I make that joke every night in the concert. Yeah. And like, some of you are still waiting on us to sing that. It's not us. That That's Bart. That, that's Mercy Me. Different guys. I would be waiting for you to sing um, "Voice of Truth." Ooh, that's a, that's just, probably my favorite. I just love, I just love, love, love that song. Okay, so we are going to yeah. talk today about a number of things. First of all, twenty years—that's incredible. You're doing a twentieth anniversary tour. You've got a twentieth anniversary project called Life Song, a celebration of the first twenty years. 
and a mm. movie. Let's talk about the movie first, because that's a little unusual. It is. And I pushed back for a long time because I demanded either Russell Crowe or Denzel Washington <laughs> to play me. Then and? there was a strike. So it just had to be a documentary. So we, we had to kind of change gears. <laughs> All right. So it's a documentary and it's called Home by Sunday. And the yeah. title is because you have this conviction and this practice of what? Being home by Sunday. Yeah, I, I've been a youth pastor, man longer than crowns has been a band so when i moved to daytona and crown started i was coming there to be their youth pastor so worship bands was just a natural thing because i was a music guy uh, to start a band to lead worship for the kids so it's always been about the church and you know i, I was writing songs and we were singing them for our students and uh and it really the music world kind of came to us god kind of brought it to us and i just remember thinking these songs are for my students. And if I'm not with my students, why would I write them? Because hmm. these are coming out of, of, of Bible studies and devotions and one-on-one -on -one meetings in the office, just walking through life with people and families. And, and I just, it wasn't some big noble conviction, really. It was just knowing this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I don't think everybody that sings should be uh, doing how doing it how we are. But, um, man, it's really been the place for us. We, we come home to the same church every Sunday. They're totally used to us. Nobody, nobody's impressed, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it's, just, it's just real world for us. And, uh, and it's, it's been a really good thing. That keeps you, um, it keeps you grounded. It keeps you honest. It keeps you accountable. It provides not just a base from which you, you guys can go do what you do, but yeah. a safe place to and people to whom you can return who love you no matter what um not that i'm Very sure much. that there i'm sure there's never a concert uh that you know that falls flat but if you ever felt like there were like there's still god's people you're going to go home to and they're going to love you no matter what exactly and it, it's been a joy to be there and uh god's really blessed us because we've been in that church and i, I think we wouldn't have the songs if we weren't there well, and let's talk about that. You know, I praise you in the storm or does anybody mm -hmm. hear her or even mm -hmm. if we are the body, all of those feel like they grow out of a lived experience in a community of faith. Yeah, very much so. And, and I feel like, you know, there are songs that uh, when it comes to just Christian music and radio, there, there are songs that people love to hear. There's songs that people want to hear, but I believe that there's songs that people need to hear. Mm -hmm. And that has sort of been where we are, because when you're with students week to week, there's an urgency to what we're saying, because I know, first of all, I have their attention for four minutes. <laughs> so mm -hmm, I'm going to get mm -hmm. to the point. It's not going to be a riddle. You're not going to have to figure this out. And then secondly, um, this has got to be something that encourages you to know Jesus more and not just know the song or the artist more. And um that that's what keeps it fresh for us. I, I go home to the same people every week, so they don't want to hear Voice of Truth. They've heard it. <laughs> it's That's been around for years. What do you have for me now? And so you're constantly having to grow. You're constantly having to pour into people. And as long as we're doing that, there are going to be songs. So first name only, is there a person right now that you feel like is inspiring, um, inspiring a song? Oh, goodness. Um, a person, a specific person. Well, or a place or a event, an experience, an issue, a concern could be anything. Yeah. There's, there are several families that I'm 
walking mm-hmm. through things with that, mm-hmm. that, um, and, and just topics of anxiety, things that, that, that students are going through, um, fear of the future, that sort of stuff is while I'm teaching into those things uh, and we're walking through scripture, I'll see, I'll see them look up. And when mm-hmm. I see students look up, when I say something like an example would be, uh, there's a song called one awkward moment, uh, about two records ago. And it's a really special song to me because I was teaching on share your faith. And, and I remember saying to the students, you know, if we love our friends as much as we say we do, aren't they worth just one awkward moment? Isn't that all that's holding us back right now? It's just this fear of this one conversation. Aren't they worth us pushing through that? And the, all the faces just lifted up looking at me. And, and I just knew those are the moments that I know this needs to be said again. And, uh, and those evolve into songs. I was uh, speaking to a college group once and I had an experience like that where it wasn't even like in the notes. I don't even think it was like on the particular topic I was supposed to be sharing about. But it was I mean, I said out loud, God sees you. And I took a pause, a hard pause. And it was amazing the number of people who then like looked up like for verification that that's true. I do think people don't feel seen. And if you don't feel seen, then you certainly don't feel cared for or cared about. And um, and if you disappeared, it wouldn't matter and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, I appreciate the the remaining connected to emerging generations and how essential that is, not only for the ministry that's got, that God has given you there, right there in McDonough, but the ministry that God has given you, you know, to a wider watching and listening world. Let me just remind everybody, we're talking with Mark Hall. He's the lead singer for Casting Crowns. Um, they've got a 20th anniversary tour going on, a project called Life Songs. It's a celebration of their first 20 years. And there's a movie. Uh, and the movie is um, it's only going to be in theaters briefly. Is it just one night? I, uh, I'm I believe it's just oh. one night. Yeah. So you got to get your tickets. Like, yeah, you got you to gotta go see this. It's called Home by Sunday. Um, and so you don't want to miss it. Tickets are tickets are available. It's uh yeah, November the thirtieth. Yeah, don't don't miss this this one night um, because Mark and all the rest will be home by Sunday, which I totally totally love. Um, mm-hmm. When you um, when you think about where you live and the people that you have the privilege of doing ministry with week in and week out, um, and you could say something to the you know to the sort of the rest of us, the wider culture, maybe people who think that the emerging generation is you know. <sighs> wow, is that really worth my investment? Or, you know, yeah. aren't they just all on screens? Give us a sense of who who the students are in the emerging generation. I believe that students today are no different uh, than I was when I was a student in mm-hmm. most ways. We want to be uh, approved of. We want to be accepted. Uh, we want to know purpose. That's every person. Um, the difference with this generation is uh, there are more voices speaking into um, into their lives right now and into their minds uh, in an hour than we would have had uh, in a month or, or more as kids. Because when I was a kid, you had about six teachers, you had a couple coaches and uh, whoever your parents allowed you to hang out with. But now the world's in your pocket. Everything is coming at you. 
and everything is flattering you and you have a phone and a system uh, and media that is trained to look for what you like mm. and they're going to give you more of what you like. And, and so most kids are walking around uh, sincerely wrong in how they feel, but they're sincere in it and they're passionate about it because their media has told them that they're right. <laughs> it, it's the perfect storm uh, for, for any kid and, uh, or for any adult for that matter. And uh, I, I feel like we as adults um, have gotten a little lost. Uh, you know, we, we are, we're scared to death of legalism right now because of what we saw that do back in the day. Mm, and legalism yeah. didn't start out as legalism. It started out as we need to honor God with our lives. Uh, let's honor him in these ways. We should probably stay away from that. And somehow it got off the rails. Right. And, uh, and, and suddenly don't dance, dance is a sin. It just kind of got there, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so I, I feel like right now we're very sincere, uh, as a church and we've become, we're slowly becoming, um, critics and theological, uh, hobbyists. And, and we're, we're, we're wanting to, to figure out and get the best theology and point out what's wrong with everyone else's theology. <laughs> we're sort of getting, we're falling into this quicksand of a belief system. Um, and, and that, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt us later. I think the heart of it's right, but you're already seeing uh, the bitterness coming out uh, in name of humor and memes and, Thurman critiques and these people are heretics. And, and I'm just telling you, Carmen, that that's not going to produce what we think it's going to produce because we're throwing that stuff. We're not talking about theology and what's wrong with this preacher and that preacher in a, at, at coffee. We're talking about it to the world. We're like mm. posting it to the world. And, and in our head, we're thinking there's this one guy who's not as reformed as me. And I'm going to show him with this post, but that guy's not online today. It's those three or four kids that are deciding if church is worth it. And they're, and they're just seeing us eat each other. And, uh, mm. and I really feel like we've got to don't let our faith turn into a belief system. It's, it's got to be a relationship with Jesus. It needs to be theologically correct. It needs all that stuff. But we got to walk with Jesus and we got to love people. You know, um, I think the 2020, when we all got locked in our houses, we, we, we started, we stopped thinking of people as people. We started thinking of them as groups and issues. And, uh, and, and suddenly we got really mad at issues and we started throwing rocks at issues. And that's how we saw a lot of bad things happen. And it's starting to happen in the church. And we've really got to dial it back and start walking with Jesus and loving people. Walking with Jesus and loving people, casting crowns such a wonderful gift to so many of us in terms of our own personal worship experiences and the worship experiences we've had um, in, in our churches as well. What a gift to know that you are there every Sunday. Um, the movie is uh, Home by Sunday. You can find it at castingcrownsmovie.com. You just go to the website and scroll down and you can see where it's going to be showing near you, castingcrownsmovie.com. Um, Mark, thank you. Thank you for who you are in Christ. Thank you for allowing him to use you in the lives of young people for, for now decades. Thank you for um, allowing the Lord to use you in our lives as well. Um, you know, sort of we out here in the wider audience for making our personal and corporate worship um, richer for, for the songs that you have written and the ones that you sing. 
Thank you so much, Carmen. I appreciate you having yeah. me. Absolutely. And uh, uh, McDonough, I'm going to get it right. <clears throat> McDonough. McDonough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Y'all can come see y'all us. Can, yeah, y'all can find Mark uh, every Sunday in McDonough, Georgia. All right, you're listening to Eagles, EaglesLanding.org. Come see us. <laughs> <laughs> so great. There you go, EaglesLanding.org. All right, you're listening to Warnings with Carmen. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge, host of Mornings with Carmen. Time together as people of faith is so important, and together we can make a positive impact. So Faith Radio is ready to hit the road. Would your community be a good fit for a Faith Radio live event full of encouragement and togetherness that we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds? Nominate your community for a live Faith Radio event at MyFaithRadio.com, and I hope to get to see you soon. All right, do um do you hear what I hear? <laughs> I know you're saying to yourself, she's she's already thinking about Christmas music. Um, do you hear what I hear? There's a there's a song related to that, right? Bing Crosby, do you hear what I hear? Carrie Underwood, I think, sings it as well. Um, it was actually a song written in nineteen sixty two. Uh and so, you know, you sort of want to give credit where credit is due. Uh so what do you hear this time of year, right? Like right. Uh, again, it's a song loosely based on um, the nativity of Jesus. Um, you know, do you do you hear um, what I hear? Okay, so here's how I got thinking about that. Oh, yes, some of you, um, yes, you are saying it. Pat Boone sang it. That's who. <laughs> oh, thank you. Jim Neighbor sang it. Perry Como sang it. Okay, yes, lots of you. Yes, do you hear what I hear? Everybody apparently has their favorite version. Um, so in, um, in British Columbia, this article caught my attention. So the police in British Columbia, um, on, on a particular island in British Columbia, um, they had a number of reports. The police had a number of reports of a mysterious screaming, someone screaming for help over and over and over again. And so the Quadra Island police, right? The mounted police, the Royal Canadian mounted police, which are they still mounted? Do they still ride horses to all of these locations? They might have needed horses to investigate this particular story, this particular call in the middle of the night over and over and over again. There's someone screaming desperately for help. And so they go out to investigate. Well, it turns out that what sounded to everyone else, like someone crying for help in distress was actually a mama goat calling for her babies who had been removed from her care, right? This is that, if you have cows or you have goats, you you know about this. Well, this particular mother goat sure did sound like she was crying for help. And, uh, and so the report goes, actually just a sad goat from a neighboring farm. A lot of sad goats out there crying for help. Um, and I think that we need to remember that. I want us to remember today that people are crying out in all kinds of distress. And I guess I'm wondering today, how will we enter into other people's lives um, and seek to walk with them in times of, of great distress? I'm thinking in particular in my own life of a woman who she, she has one child, He's a senior in high school. 
her identity has been very, very, very much bound up in him and the things that he has been doing, particularly throughout his high school experience. And like, I can already see, I can already see the distress coming. I mean, graduation is still months away. And yes, he has plans to go off to um, some additional schooling. But I can like, I can like already see the distress calls coming from that mama. And, and so I guess I'm wondering like, who in your life do you know is distressed? Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? Um, And then what does it look like for you and I to go, um, to walk with, to sit with, to cry with, to cry out with, or to just come alongside and be silent with? Um, Maybe you have an older person in your life who is no longer able to do all of the things that they could once do, or they can no longer do them without assistance. That is... um, that is particularly demoralizing for a lot of people. It, it is the point at which um, they realize, maybe in ways that they don't want to acknowledge, that their body is moving toward, well, not just not being able to do all of the things that it used to be able to do, even if they will it to do so, but that their body is wasting away. And so is there a way for us to talk about um, how the inner spirit can be renewed even as the outer garment is wasting away. Like, are we prepared to have those conversations? Maybe over the holidays. You know, it's possible that you are going to spend some time this week or in the coming weeks with someone who is no longer able to do all of the things that they used to be able to do. And they need help. But sometimes it's really hard to receive help. It's hard to admit that we can't do it ourselves or we can't do it by ourselves, or we can't do it um, as well as we used or as fast as we used to be able to. And so let me encourage you, if that's you, if that's you, the gift that you can give is the gift of invitation to invite someone else to help. I'd like you to learn how to make the turkey this year. Now, what you're not saying is I can no longer lift the bird Um, I can no longer prepare the bird. I can no longer carry the bird to the oven. Like maybe that's really what you're saying. But what you're saying out loud is, wouldn't you like to learn how to do this this year? And the best way to learn it is to do it. So I'm going to sit here um, on this stool and I'm going to tell you all the things to do to prepare that turkey. And let your child, your grandchild, um, a young person who is craving, craving to know how to make a turkey craving to know how to make cranberry sauce, craving to know um, how to make that family secret recipe, whatever it is. Maybe it's a pie. Maybe it's a cake. Maybe it is setting the table. Um, Maybe it is, I don't know. I don't know what it will be for you that you can no longer do as well or as quickly as you used to be able to do. And someone else would be tremendously blessed by you passing along to them what you also received how to do the things that you do, that you've always done, that have made the holidays so wonderful. So what is your thing? And then who are you going to teach to make that thing, to do that thing this holiday season? Because I feel like if you are equipping and empowering someone else to, I don't know, stir your mac and cheese, um, then you're actually imparting a gift to them 
that they very, very, very much desire to have. So instead of seeing it as something that you are no longer able to do in the way in which you might want to do it, you are actually equipping and empowering someone else to learn something new um, that you're going to leave behind, that you are going to pass along, that will be celebrated in your absence. All right, we got another hour together up next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.